You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy at 35, the All-American. And Dan. Uh, it feels good to be back with my guys kicking it at the same corner, same time. Um, appreciate you guys for holding it down last week. How y'all doing? What up? What up? We are glad to have you back. Yes, I, sir. Um, I've never been better. Uh, got out on the golf course with one of our listeners, Derek. Shout out, Derek, on uh, last Friday. Um, but outside that, it's been good, good weather here in, uh, in Tampa and all in all doing pretty good. How you doing black? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. Had a nice little, uh, weekend. Uh, my daughter went to stay the night to her friend's house on a uh, Friday night then. So we let her, so you know, that was, that was cool. So it was just me and my wife and our son and Saturday came around. Hey, hey Silk, I know you used to plot back in the day with you and your, when you, you and your friends. Hey, my, hey, man, ask my mom. She going to say, yeah, if you ask. Yeah, man, my son do that now. Yeah, so that's what my daughter did. They, they hit us yeah. up with a, can we have stay another night? And, you know, I, I'm not too fond of my kids staying out because I know how how it is to, you know, work a, a, a work week and then, you know, get to the weekend. You want to chill. So I don't want to put my kids on somebody else. But their mom was like, no, 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 that's fine. I'm like, shit, you ain't you going to say that one time. We good. So my daughter stayed out two nights and I got got an opportunity to spend time with the wife a little bit. and. With baby boy and uh just relax at the house. Bro, I got I had a sitter this weekend myself, man. Got to uh yeah, that's the life, Dan. You don't know, bro. When you got these little rat rats, ain't nothing. Although about. I am disappointed Ahmad doesn't think that I participated in any tomfoolery when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, you ain't you ain't <laughs> you you don't think you had cousins and shit. That's I know. I well, I don't have a ton, but <laughs> you got probably like one or two, man. <laughs> cousins? Real, I probably only have like seven or eight, and they're all real cousins too. They're oh, play cousins. I'm about to say I got about thirty play cousins. That let alone. <laughs> oh yeah, real play cousins. We got plenty, plenty of them. So I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, "Hey man, I know I got this home back back home, man. We've been calling each other cuz since we was little." And I'm like, right. I wonder, like, what it, what he would say if somebody was like, "Hi, your cousin." Like, I wonder how he would react, right. bro. Because I know it's gonna be it's a whole bunch of lies gonna come out of his mouth. So. But nobody asks that, like especially. Nah, black people, nah, like, just, yeah, how y'all really cousins? Yeah, that's that's kind of like a rule. Right, yeah, we get, we get into random talk. We get into random talk. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this conversation going? But yeah, uh, yeah, I got to kick it. Uh, me and the wife got some alone time as well. Got to go to a friend of mine's uh, birthday gathering. That was pretty fun at uh, this place called Big Rocco's Pizza. It's a pizzeria, so of course I ate before I went because I know it wasn't gonna be fit for what I'm trying to do, man. But and then we rolled down to the intercoastal, kicked it. Caught some sea breeze. Got a lot going on in the family, man. So just ended the week on a positive note. Some good energy. Just happy to be back with my guys, man. Good, man. Well, we're happy to have Yo. you back. Uh, again, prayers up to your family. And uh, quick prayers up to uh, to my mom. So uh, we'll leave it there. But um, if you're a praying type or you're the thinking type, uh, if you could keep her in your thoughts and prayers. Uh, well, let's get into the show, boys. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about, as always. 
The Thomas Firm sponsors this first segment of the show. So they're going to help you handle all insurance claims for property damage to your home or business. So any issues with roof damage, leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, fires, whatever the case may be, if you are in the state of Florida, they can help you. So if you suspect that you have any damage to your home or business, give the Thomas Law Firm a call for a free consultation. No charge unless they help you recover what you're owed. 813-221-2525, tntattorneys.com. Again, the Thomas Firm, 813-221-2525. Uh, I guess the uh, the big news, uh, a couple more days of spring practice under our belt. Silk, we didn't get your chance to break it down on the last episode, but what are you seeing so far in practice? Any players standing out to you? Uh, like a lot of things that I'm seeing in practice. Um, both quarterbacks, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Emory and, and AR. Of course, we're not seeing every single thing, but I think when they go live on those IGs, you're seeing some of these random accounts that, that are like following along in practice. I just like the passes and, and everything that I'm seeing out of AR and Emory. Um, some of the physicality, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing uh, the, the battle between Gravon and Ethan White to me was was, was very good. I've seen two different clips. Uh, one Gravon won one and Ethan won the next one. So just watching my young boys in the trenches growing up, I, I think we're looking good there. I haven't seen any clips in, the, in one-on-ones with the cornerbacks and wide receivers. That's what I'm looking for, that type of heat. I want to see if my secondaries are getting better. But outside of that, man, I was just like, what my quarterbacks looking? They're delivering the ball, getting the ball in good spots. The ball placement is looking okay in the clips that I'm seeing because I'm not seeing all practice, of course. Yeah, uh, Black, anything that you saw over the last week? Um, I'm, I'm about right with Silk, man. It's, um, you know, passes getting there on time. It's a little, little deceiving, though, man, because when we see one-on-ones, you got to understand there's two guys knowing the route against one, right? right. With, no, with no pressure and no – you know, defense has zero help. Some of them routes be option routes, you know, going opposite yeah, I'm looking where for he ball is. ball placement on yeah, that Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the type of things we got to look at, the ball placement and whatnot. And, you know, I know, you know, you know, we like to put up the, the one-on-ones and whatnot, but, man, I want to see some of the seven-on-seven seven and the 11-on-11. The 11 you know, we're we seeing the ball placement, you know, pretty good and, and, and the guys getting there, but I want to see them place that same ball where it's at with pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. I just like from a standpoint um, of we get to see these guys like for the first time, AR is, I mean, not AR, but Emory's getting the, the bulk of the snaps. Right. Mm-hmm. So you get to see, you get to see him put more balls in the air and, and, and just to see before the bullets start flying, is mm-hmm. he hitting guys? What are they supposed mm-hmm. to be going? The t- is the time in there? I'm liking the chemistry between him and Cope. It like mm-hmm. it, 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 it's looking like just from the clips we're seeing, because you're not seeing everything. Mm-hmm. From the clips I'm seeing with him and, and Cope, it looks like they got a lot of chemistry there. And I think some, and then the run game that's getting me excited. Watching them do the read option drills, just going through that stuff, and seeing Bowman and and, and Emery. You know what I'm saying? Running out there doing some things. Lingard, the young, even the older guys with uh, Pierce, just watching that action of RPO. Them working on RPO reps. That type of stuff is getting me excited. Silk, I want to go back to something you just said. I, you know, I think that Florida has watched their quarterbacks grow with the classes that they're, you know, on third team with and second team with and then first team with. So I think that, you know, guys like Jacob Copeland, who were on the second team that were used to catching passes from Emory and, you know, Rick Wells and some of these other guys that are, you know, going to now be starters this year, you know, right. Keon Zipper or Kamori Gamble, these guys that didn't get the bulk of the first snaps last year with Kyle Trask, you know, are probably going to have better chemistry with, you know, an Emory 
Jerry Jones than they would, uh, you know, with Kyle Trash, just because they're so used to seeing, you know, the ball come out of their hands, the the placement, the speed, and everything else. So I think that that's what we're starting to see a little bit more of. And you know, I think that somebody like a Jacob Copeland, you know, who's been with Emory now going on to his third year, you're going to start to see him break out because I think he knows what to expect uh, a little bit more uh, from his passes. I've been hearing about uh, Cope as well. He's looking like wide receiver one out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think he's he's growing up a little bit. Hopefully he can mature a lot and, and lead us in the locker room, be a leader on the field. But I'm hearing good things from the whole wide receiver course. But I'm hearing Jacob Copeland is that, that guy. Uh, Xavier Henderson is making some waves. Wide receiver yeah. room is going to be more than fine. We have no issues. I don't think anyone on the offensive side of the ball outside of offensive line will figure out what we got there. But I think the skilled players is there. We'll talk about another position. We lost a guy that, that we got from the portal. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. But I think everything's going to shake out fine. Uh, I want to get more information on tight end room. I, mm-hmm. I heard a lot about the young boy, the, the freshman. Elkness, he's making a lot of noise. Um, yep. According to Brew, Brew has some good things to say about him and pressers this week. So um, just, just excited. that's what I've been hearing. Not a whole lot on defense, mostly on offense. Yeah, and I think, you know, Ahmad alluded to it a little bit on the last episode, but I don't think you're going to see a ton with defense just because of the way things are set up right now. There's not a, a ton of, you know, seven-on-seven seven that we're playing or not a lot of, you know, pressure on quarterbacks and everything else. So, obviously, wide receivers and a quarterback that are on the same page knowing exactly what the play is, they're going to probably more than likely win those battles. There is a position battle that I want to talk to you guys a little bit uh, more about, and Todd Grantham mentioned it, and that was the star position this year. Last year, we saw Trevez Johnson – uh, move into that role. We saw Marco Wilson in that role. We saw Trey Dean in that role. We saw a bunch of other players, uh, you know, in that role last year. This year, he thinks it's going to be Trevez Johnson, Kamar Wilcoxon, and then the the new freshman Jordan Young. They're going to probably fill into that role. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you have a favorite out of that group, or um, what are your thoughts on that star position? I think Kamar's interesting there. I don't. I, I think Trevez is going to be the guy, in my opinion. I think Trevez is just. It's mean, hard to keep what he do off the field. He looked good as a freshman. He didn't look perfect, but I liked how aggressive he was. How he came down in the box. He, he he's he want all the smoke down there at the star position. So I like Trevez there. Uh, Kamar is interesting at that spot. I don't know if he's a natural fit for that spot though. Uh, I prefer Kamar, Kamar probably on the outside. Okay. And then Jordan Young, obviously, that's good to hear a freshman's name pop up. We we don't get a lot of you know discussion in names. We uh. We have a coaching staff that lives in a nebulous world of, you know, not pumping anybody's tires or using the media. So we don't really know a lot of the position battles. Amai, what what are you looking for? Well, like your your defensive back guy, Uh, you played at UF. So what do you think? If you was a coach, what what are you looking for skill set wise from the star position? So I was kind of, you know, I can't wait to go over the film that you guys had me watch. I was thinking about that um, just a few minutes ago. I need somebody some some physicality and somebody that's physical to, to be in that star position. You know, when <clears throat> we put Chauncey in there, he played it almost perfectly. I mean, I, I don't I don't think you could play it any better than what Chauncey played it. Because he was physical. He always kept the edge on our defense on on outside runs. Um, he came down with with and applied pressure on the slot receiver. Um, and he just played it phenomenally. Um, and I'm not saying the guys after him didn't play it play it well, but they just didn't play it up to his standard. And I think he set a standard to at that position to where. We need someone in there that's going to set the edge on our defense and and and, and kind of be somewhat of alpha. All right. And I think Travez can, can be that, but you know, it gotta be consistent. You know, you can't be, you know, playing tough here and then not playing tough the next game and taking plays off and whatnot, because that 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 was a a, a vital a vital spot in our our defense. 
Right. And from that, that physical standpoint, I don't know. Like like I said, I don't know if Kamar's that guy. Um, he's there, and he could be that guy. I could be wrong. I'm not, you know, the, the judge and, and jury here, but I just don't think he's that type of physical guy that you want in that position. Um, that, is there another name besides I mean, I mean honestly, honestly, to, to, keep, to keep it a buck, we need to start recruiting for that, for that position to, for a safety. Yeah, right? that's what I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. It, that's basically what it is. A safety that can cover. Range, yeah. We we're gonna be we're gonna be shit out of luck, you know. I mean, prove me wrong. I hope they prove me wrong wrong by putting corners right there. A corner can't play that adequately. You need someone strong and safe like a safety, like a hybrid type safety to come down and play that position. Yeah, so they need Trevez to is, Trevez is that guy though, right? He was a hybrid safety and, and so is Jordan Young. Jordan Young was a big D B, uh, you know, a bit rangy. So I think those guys fit. I don't think Kamar Wilcoxon fits that, but also I think that their whole mentality, whether you think it's right or wrong, their best or their their mentality is get the best five back there, no matter what they are. Yeah, I don't. I think I don't even know if it's the best five. Maybe the most athletic five or whatever they try to do sometimes. Uh, it's, it's a, I'm a little confused at it, but I just want guys to be natural at the position they play. That way, it's not awkward. It's just like, like we had Bernie there before. We had, uh, I mean, a wide range of guys at that spot. And I don't think none of them, once Chauncey left, nobody looked like a natural star, like they're supposed to be at that, that position, in my right. opinion. No, right. no, I think I think that Travis Johnson is probably your closest. And, you know, obviously canceling out some of his freshman mistakes, I think that he probably has the most promise at that role. Uh, you know, but also what do you do at the safety position then, right? Because Trevez is a guy that could slide over to that safety position where you're replacing, you know, three people that just left. Uh, you got to leave Dean back there. Who you got yep. playing on the other side of Dean? Uh, probably Rashard Torrance. Right. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think those two may be interchangeable. I think Rashard Torrance and, and, and Trevez could be interchangeable to, to maybe mix that up. Maybe one could play the, those spots a little better than the other, but I think – not just uh, our best DBs on the field. I think that makes put everybody in their natural spot. I think Dean will be at his natural spot. Torrance mm-hmm. will. I think Trevez will. Um, Jaden Hill will. And Elam. I think everybody will be at their natural spot. And they're not forcing anything. On a, on a scale of you know A to F, how do you rate that that five compared to what we've seen over the last fifteen years? Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. I I mean I'm just. You know, I'm thinking long and hard, and I just I, I that that's a group that has obviously talent. You know, a lot of stars. The but, stars is there, but for what we've seen, it, it's right? like like the development hasn't been there. Uh, to say I've seen, I'm not gonna say development hasn't been there. Uh, certain spots it have. Like Dean got better. I'm not gonna take anything away from Dean. We watched Dean get better. He was a better football player. He started making some big plays toward the end of the season. He played. He had right. a, a solid year. He probably can make some money like May did his last year. To be honest, mm-hmm. coming into this, his his last year, so um he got better, but it's just inconsistent play. You know what I'm saying? We haven't seen the the, the Gator secondary that we used to seeing the bump and run, aggressive coverage, being able to go man. You know what I'm saying? Being able to tackle in space, uh, we just haven't seen that from these guys outside of you know what I'm saying. Uh, Kair uh, Dean got better at it towards the end of the year, but. Uh, I'm not, I don't know how comfortable I feel with Jaden Hill tackling somebody in space or the rest of these guys, you yeah, know. Don't. So um, that's why I just don't grade it real high. Then we got an average secondary into proving otherwise. At least they can feel like figure out the communication. Then we can get a little better. But right now, it, it ain't it ain't pretty. We'll see how it shake out towards the season. You know, we got spring. 
Yeah, we got we got a long time to go, and, and certainly time to add weight and everything else. We were talking about it before the show uh, started. You know, I, I know a bunch of people were lambasting uh, Jahari Rogers for getting bowled over by uh, one of the wide receivers and one of the. That was rough, players. though, Dan. That was yeah, rough. Sure was. That was the rough. angle was rough. The tackle was rough. The whole thing just wasn't uh, wasn't pretty. But you know, they they didn't get to spend much time in the weight room. I would imagine after the season's over, they probably took a week off. Is that pretty normal, Ahmad? Yeah. Uh, so probably take, take a week take, off and yeah, then take a couple, take a maybe had a off. month. Yeah. Maybe had a month at most back in the weight room. So I don't think that you're right. going to see the gains that you saw, you know, a few years ago. Maybe hmm. after. Yeah, you definitely need some gains in that secondary. That's another one of my concerns, the size of our the size, backs. Because then you got to understand, we we should have said it last week. You know, you you can you can be in denial all you want. The guys in the SEC are bigger, faster, stronger everywhere than, mm-hmm. than any other conference. You can say what you want to say. So when you when you come in this conference, you got to be able to compete with these big wide receivers, right? Big, long, rangy wide receivers. You know, guys that can yeah. run, and you got to be able to make plays bigger and stronger and faster. Everybody on the field, big. <clears throat> yeah, you got to big quarterbacks <laughs> everywhere. You big running backs. So. Everybody's big. And the, in the college, the college game, they force you to. To, to come up and tackle that at, at, at corner. So right. I mean we gotta get guys in there that's gonna I mean not saying these guys can't. You know, I love I, I love the talent that because we, we got really talented guys. But sometimes you gotta you know that that weight becomes a factor, man, when you when, when you get on the football field. Um I wanna I wanna know how good the freshmen are doing. I've seen some clips from the freshman cornerbacks that just came on campus. Uh Marshall, I seen him in some battles with Xavier Henderson and some clips. But I wonder, are those guys going to be available? You know what I'm saying? I haven't heard anything like them jumping the depth chart and making a lot of noise out there. But um, they, they are there spring, and they got time to, to jump with that depth chart and maybe pass some people because they came in highly touted guys. The only freshman that I've heard a lot about so far, and I, I think naturally it's because he's huge, is Desmond Watson. I know, you know he moves pretty well for his weight. Hey, yo. He's going to lose a bunch of weight, but – uh, he moves pretty well for a guy that's what four hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, um, yeah dude, Watson, dude, he's huge, bro. Yeah, he's huge. And, How much you weigh, Dan? Porter's has done some stuff. He's four hundred and thirty pounds, literally. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> that's a human. That's a big human being right there, bro. Oh, he's huge, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've really- seen Gravon. I've seen Gravon in person. I was like, man, this is a big human being. And I seen him standing next to Gravon. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, he probably needs to shed a good 100. Yeah, easy. <laughs> I, he'll, he'll probably lose 50 between practice and just a weight room and you're watching what he's eating before yeah, the end you, of the season. You, you watch you watch his IG, like the stuff he put in, he be eating. Like, they just like – I think Savage is starving him a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, Bro, it's not healthy to be man, 430 pounds. Man, this man is 6'5", 430 pounds. Think about that, bro. It's insane, I can't. man. Oh I can't. my god! I see, I see him. I see him. Um, and I, I, I heard Chief Borders is doing some uh, some good things in practice too. And then uh, Selk, you alluded to uh, Nick Elksness as well as a guy that could, uh, you know, get some get some playing time, or at least is is doing well uh, in his early time there. That's been the word. On a on a not so positive note, Jalen Kitna looks like he's uh, he's got a few years before he might get the chance to see the field. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's a. They brought him as the second quarterback in that class, like a developmental guy. 
We're not expecting to see anything from him. We just follow that along for a few years and see how he gets better. Program guy. Big program guy. Uh, did you see and the punt returns with the defensive lineman? Shout out to Zach Carter for securing the fair catch in the punt return. Did you see I, the fair I, catch? I missed that clip. Everybody I missed else, that clip. Everybody else dropped it. They had the defensive lineman returning punts. Uh, the only one that secured the catch was, was Zach Carter. Dan, five tool player right there, you know? Dan, yeah. So you caught punts before? Oh, it's, for it's, sure. it's, harder, it's harder than it looked, Dan. Like when the ball's in the air, it's like, it, it moves differently, so you gotta you gotta know how to get. Like it's weird, bro. Like, and you have like eight people running full speed at you too. So you gotta like the craziest thing I ever seen. We, I would we, literally we, do so, that like so, fake you know how you catch, catch thing like you, thirty yards away. You know how you catch the punt and like you catch it with your body. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Brandon James caught every last one of his punts and kickoffs like a, like he was catching a pass like with his hands. Like he, like he would catch them like that and just I'm like, bro, how on the return, I would did punt return, but I only got to return like three of them because I wasn't like permanent punt, permanent punt return. But it, but you probably the ones that it's weird to catch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's scary. It's a little scary once you get like comfortable with your fair catch and knowing like I can't just yeah. get smacked out here. I got to be a little smart. But it's up to me if I want to get smacked or not. You know, like the, the damage I, I choose if I want a fair fair catch or not. So it's up to me if I want to get smacked. I want to take this risk. So the damnedest place to catch the, to catch the punts out there is in 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 uh, New Orleans, bro. The Saints, the way they lights are set up, is just weird. So like it's easy to lose the ball like when the when the ball is punting in New Orleans. I will be honest with you, Ahmad. I don't think in my life I will ever catch a uh, a punt at the Superdome. I could be wrong. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to potential opportunity. Well, I think we, we might have to set something up. We're going to go to the Sugar Bowl or something like that, huh? Yeah, as a celebrity walk on punt returner. No, She's different than like when you're returning punts like with, with shitty punters, well, not not good punters, like you're not gonna get that much hang time, so it's not as scary. And like you're in the NFL and like D1 college football, that ball is hanging just, forever. Yeah. They out they out punt the coverage. Right. Yeah. So, but in the NFL, NFL, they can't like the the line and the person protector. They can't. They can't run until the ball is punted. Only the gunners can. Mm. So that's why in the NFL you see them kind of not like not getting out of there until until the ball is punted. In college, as soon as the ball snapped, you can take off. Mm. Different. Yeah. Well. We will continue to watch practice on two different live feeds. Silk, you never got to opine on it, uh, our last show. Uh, what are your thoughts on watching practice on Instagram? You you forward against it? Have you enjoyed it? Or I like it, man. I just like – I wish they would give us more, like, competitive stuff. Like, it was fun in the beginning when we were just getting um, – whatever clips is, is dope because we don't get usually get that much access, especially with Dan. So um, all of it is dope, but I want to get some of the 707 stuff, you know? Um, the drills are, are cool. We get to see the guys move around a little bit, but we haven't got no juicy inside of stuff. But I'll take this access right we get that we're getting right now over a spring game. I'll tell you that. Oh, absolutely. I think this is the most access we've gotten. I mean, because even when practice was open, people were going and watching, but they certainly weren't as close and you could barely see numbers, especially when they're practicing on that, you know, far field or when everything's, you know, completely spread out. So, you know, there's definitely some positives. Um, you know, I think it's tough to have it on two different feeds at one time, but you know, yeah, I like the, who, who, who's running that uh, IG live. Do you know? 
probably the lowest paid grad assistant or social media intern. But, but the boys be on there talking about put Grantham on, on the phone. <laughs> Bro, the comments are wild. Well, oh, the comments be wild, bro. I'm like, bro, what did you be on here think about, bro? Writing these comments. How about being like the fan of like Georgia or FSU? Those fans just hop in. And it's like you have literally nothing better to do in your life. Yeah. And then you just hop in the comment section of a uh, of spring practice for a team that you don't uh, that you didn't watch. Hmm. Also, a team I think whoever, whoever's hosting that, you said Davis and Kev Camps is running that Camus in. Um, whoever, yeah, whoever's hosting those are doing a pretty good job. Um, that's Davis that's talking. I think they do a good job of just telling the fans exactly what the drill is, what's going on, who's running it, the player interacting with them a little bit. So I think it's dope. Um, Kev had a take on on state on, on big three roll up when we was talking about it. I don't know if you heard it, Dan. You listen back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were talking about Dan Mullen starting camp so early. And um, was he trying to get ahead maybe of another lockdown because we missed spring last year? So was he trying to get out there and maybe get some practices in and, and maybe get this thing done as quick as po- quickly mm-hmm. as possible to secure a spring this year? That was a uh, take that I had uh, a week before Kev had it, actually. Um, oh, shit, my bad. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that that's 100% it. I think that you – you know, you have no idea what the virus is doing, especially when they're when they're going through. We saw last year. Obviously, nobody could have predicted last year, but you know, Miami at least got some practices in. And you know, at what point? You know, they're not going to do a spring game. You know, what's what is the point of waiting, right? I mean, they could have gotten a little bit bigger, right? But there's no big you know fanfare or fiesta to end this with. So you might as well get it over with. Maybe space out the days a little bit more for recovery and you know some coaching and teaching and stuff like that. But you know, I thought that that's why they did it, you know, to begin with. So shout out to Kev for listening to our show and stealing my take. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. Big fan of Kev. Any other thoughts on spring practice before we move on? Well, what about the part? I'm trying to think, man. Um, what else are the, the, is it any interest? Well, this show only follows a very loose outline, so if you think about it, yeah, I'll bring it back. Yeah, yeah I had to bring it back. I, I had some takes. I got to go through my notes, but I had some some takes and some things I want to speak on with um with practices. Like, um, what we what do you think happens with the offensive line? I see my man Delance keep getting there. People thought the depth chart was going to change. Uh, like we didn't just stop playing football a month ago or something. But yeah, what are you I hearing mean, about offensive line? You think Delance is going to shake out as a starter in the fall? Of course I do. Unless somebody like has a substantially better offseason than him, he's not going to lose his job. I and mean, we've seen that. We've seen, you know, tell players- you what, if that's the case, Dan, I'm starting like, you know what I'm saying? I, and I, I'm not mad at Dan, but I like the job he's doing here. But like you start watching, like it starts to feel a little complacent at certain spots, man. It, even, even when they recruit, and I'm not trying to like just be hard on these guys, but for the results we're putting on the field, for what Kyle Trash just did, the season he had, these receivers had, uh, where players are going in the draft, the product that we have to sell, it's not reflecting the the, the offseason and the recruiting product and, and everything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. not there. It's, I don't know if it's an effort thing. Um, it just seems like there's a lot of complacency within the program, you know? I will give a take here that we talked about yesterday when we were texting each other. I think it's very, 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 very hard to be a head coach for as long as Dan Mullen's been. And this isn't, I'm not picking sides. I'm just going to give a take here. 
Dan Mullen's been a head coach since 2008. So this is his 14th year as a head coach. I think that that's a, or 13th, I guess, actual year. That's a, that's a long time to be a head coach. It's a long time to consistently put out all that effort all the time, especially when you have a, you know, a family, a growing family. I think that you see that, you know, from the time that he was an offensive coordinator at the university of Florida, when he was like 30 or 31 years old. How long is that? How long is uh, Nick Saban been around? Uh, well, and this is where I was going to go is I don't think it's cut out for everybody to be able to consistently do it all the time. That's why I think you get a lot of burnout. I think that that's why it's so hard to win unless you've got a really good system and you really enjoy all the facets of it. Right. right? I, I think to me, it is so hard to probably consistently be that motivated and that into it. And I know he's getting $6 million a year, so I'm not picking a side here. I just think that this is a, a sport and a job that absolutely wears and tears on you that I think that you're starting to see some of the cracks of if you're not on top of it all the time, like a Nick Saban is, like a Davos band, like I don't get that. was. The vibe I get, I don't get a burnt out vibe though. You know what I'm saying? The vibe I get from Dan Mullen. Nah, the vibe I, I get, get is, I get a nonchalant, a nonchalant vibe. Like he's just like fr- whatever. Like. Frustrated, a frustrated, nonchalant vibe. That I'm getting a, like a nonchalant vibe if like if they don't really care, I don't really care type vibe. That's the vibes I get. That's just me. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I may be off here a little bit. But the vibe I get is like, because he didn't come here on that energy. A guy that's complacent and tired of SEC is not trying to get the Florida job and, and, and politicking. But he was trying to get a Tennessee job as well. You know, like he, he's been trying to get another job. I think he's ambitious about winning in this league. I just think there's something, there's type of, some type of frustration within the administration. Because, of course, there's some money and an extension that needs to be talked about. But I think it's, I don't think it's complacency in that. I think it's complacency because of frustrations elsewhere it's just the vibes i get like they he's like i don't know it's different it wasn't like when he showed up it's i think it's yeah no i mean i 100 agree and i mean at some point that honeymoon phase ends right and the excitement and the adrenaline and everything else now becomes this is your life and you have to find new ways to to stay motivated and be motivated um you know but that's, that's just my take. I mean, you've seen a guy that has been at the highest levels of college football for 20 years now, right? I mean, he came to Florida in 2005. So we're, you know, we're, we're right at that point. And he was at Utah right before that, right? Where you're starting to see, I think some, some kinks and some breaks and not everybody's made. That's why when you brought up Nick Saban, it's like, I don't think it's a completely different guy. But what, what what we're seeing, the kinks, it's not even any new kinks. And if he's burnt, I mean, all these these guys that are on his staff have been with him this entire time. So imagine if if he's burnt out, what are these same guys that's been with him every step of the way? What are they? Well, at some point you you start this is this is the toughest part about management. It's something that I've struggled with. And you know, my job in management and other things is sometimes you have to bring in dissenters, right? You have to bring in people that just don't always think the same as you. Right. And right. he's been around a lot of these coaches for a really long time. You know, John Hevesy, Greg Knox, Billy Gonzalez, um, you know, C Rob's been with him for, for some time now. You start to hear the same names and, and, and same thoughts. And, you know, if there's not dissension, if there's not that motivator, if there's not that super hungry person, then attitude is going to reflect the leadership. And if the attitude is, hey, we're good, we're safe because we're with Dan. I don't need to dissent or I don't need to do something else. I'm not saying that they're not working hard, 
I truly believe that they are. I do right. think that they have Zoom calls until 10 p.m. at night. I 100% believe that. But when you have a lot of like-minded folks and you don't have that person that's pushing, it should be your head coach. But if he's not there, then, you know, that's going to reflect everybody. And, you know, we've known that this staff doesn't have a lot of great recruiters. I just and, think we got a we had a good product to sell these lads every year that he's been here and the offseason just haven't reflected what he's put out on the field. Right. That, that that's like that's that's very discouraging, you know. That's um, very discouraging. I love the pro the product on the field. Um it could get better, anything could get better, but the recruiting is just not making sense, it's not adding up. It seems like they're complacent there. Willing to just take a kid that could, I mean, that sounds good, you know, three star, five star. We could develop them on up, but the teams that are winning big are getting the five star offensive tackles, they're mm -hmm. getting the, the elite kids, and that's just the facts of it. Nobody's defied these odds of we're not saying every three star is bad, we, mm -hmm. we're not saying every five star elites, we're just saying the teams that get a lot of five stars and the highly recruited guys they win big. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And you would think with the guys that they have and the areas that they've recruited, I would imagine that Dan Mullen, when he brought over most of those guys from Mississippi State, probably put them back in the same area that they were recruiting when they were at Mississippi State. Maybe with a, a few small changes, you bring a guy like Tim Brewster in, who's a known recruiter, and he's getting after in down in Miami and Dade. But there's, there's just something that just doesn't seem 100% on board there's there's no reason they should be sitting in march and i know it's early but with only two commits for this class right we have we have the same number of commits as fsu does have five star commits right now and yeah, fsu has have a gone below, or below 503 years in a row right literally um yeah. do i think all that stick to florida state no but you can tell the, the effort in recruiting you know what I'm saying i think most recruiting comes from effort mm-hmm uh, you know, it's a selling and everything. Yep, I just don't see it. Thing, I don't right. see results, man. You know, <clears throat> because as much as you want to sell what you've had, you have to sell these guys and what the future and what their role is. Right? It's you can't just say, "Oh, Kyle Trask is going to be here." Kyle Trask is gone. Right. right. Well, what's what's your role? How are how are we going to change things for you? How are how are you going to add to this program? And it's a relationship thing, and it's a consistency thing. I mean, Ahmad, you were in sales, Silk. I think you've been in sales. I'm in sales. A lot of this is a consistency thing. It's a follow-up thing. It's a checking in. It's a, you know, always being top of mind, right? It's right. not just, yeah. hey, where's the best place for me to go to play football? There's so much more to it. So we'll see. But right now, there's a lot of concerning things looking out for. Absolutely. What we got next? I have something else that will pop up randomly, I'm sure. Pause. All right. Let's give a shout out to our friends at Roof Soldier, which is a veteran owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So if you have any recent roof leaks or simply want to take advantage of having a free roof inspection as we head almost back in to hurricane season, give them a call 1-877-ROOFSFL or RoofSoldier.com. Again, 1-877-ROOFSFL. FLRoofSoldier.com. Tell them Steve and Gail sent you, and you will get some money off of that replacement. Uh, big news came out yesterday on Sunday that Eric Gilbert, the tight end from Louisiana State, uh, has decided to decommit from Florida and said that he will make his announcement uh, of where he is going to uh, commit when he enrolls. Yeah, it sounds like a lot going on. Mike Farrell reported on it. A lot of people reporting on the situation. Um, 
It sounds like the kid has a lot going on. I saw. Yeah. I'm not exactly what. I don't want to blame the staff for something mm-hmm. personal that may be going on in this kid. Like I that that I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Preview too. So, uh, yeah, I just think there's a lot going on with the kid. It's unfortunate because he's a great talent, and I would love to have him in our offense this year. But life is bigger than some things. We'll see where he ends up at. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and I don't like to speculate on any of that uh, either. So um, best of luck to him. It's an unfortunate loss. You know, Florida does still have a, a pretty full uh, tight end room and they do lead right now for their uh, number one target at that position uh, as well. So we will see there. Let's get into a little bit of recruiting and I guess most importantly, the QB board, because it seems like every day we open up the internet another QB that Florida's recruiting has committed uh, somewhere else. So, Silk, right now I have our QB board with Ja'Curry Brown, Nick Evers, and then a new name, Taven Jackson. Uh, any other names that you've heard of or any favorites out of that uh, out of that group? I mean, those are like the, I would say, main three. Sam Horn, I heard, was on there. But did Horn just commit somewhere? He just committed to Missouri, yeah. Yeah, so Sam Horn's off of there. So, that would be like, the, I, would, I think, the three left. Uh from what I was told, I told Taven Jackson was the new guy, the new offer that just went out out in Indiana. Uh, I was told that he's probably on the top of that board. Uh, he's a guy that has an Elite 11 invite. Uh, starting to make his rounds in a lot of like camps and offseason things and starting to get some interest. I've seen guys like Doc Staples, or Jason Staples, whatever his name is on Twitter. One of those quarterback guys saying he's one of the, the best quarterbacks he's seen this year, like top five that he's seen in person. Uh, a lot of athleticism, plays point, uh, shooting guard, yep. six five guy athletic yep. uh interesting prospect you know i like everything i like how the ball jumps out of his hand i tell you that you know what i'm saying um i just don't like missing on so many targets like you're dan mullen kyle traps up for all type of awards you have a white heisman award winners under your belt that that prescott is under your belt like you got a resume right dan mullen should not be going to like his third fourth and fifth option on any quarterback like he should be able to get what he wants at best, any of those names are probably your fifth option, right? At best. From what he really wants, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, from what he really wants. I mean, if they want to just go out to a guy that 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 Twitter would like, Ja'Curry Brown sounds like it would be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, just to make people happy. They, they get all warm and fuzzy about it. But to be honest, I like this. I like Taven over him. Yeah, I, I like Taven Jackson. Jackson. A lot. And that's a new name just to kind of run through him uh, real quick. Uh, he is a composite three star on 247, uh, ranked 379th nationally, uh, the 17th ranked uh, pro style quarterback out of Center Grove in Greenwood, Indiana. Um, I like, like you said, Silk, I like the way the ball pops out of his hands. He's super, he's super tiny at 6'5, 185. Um, he'll right. definitely need to add, you know, quite a bit of weight. And obviously, a lot of that comes from, from him playing basketball. Uh, but he's probably going to have to play at, at least 30 pounds heavier than he is, uh, which I don't see a problem. Uh, he's being recruited by a bunch of your, your mid major, if you will, schools, uh, your Arizona States, your Arkansas, you know, Florida's after him now, Iowa, Michigan. Now, it doesn't seem to have any favorites uh, really starting to come up on the, uh, on the, on the recruiting rankings. So, but I, I think that of I think all Oklahoma of the, state the offer out. and Tennessee offer, I think he has two sec offers now. So Tennessee offered, okay. Oklahoma state offer. Uh, Missouri's offered him too. And South Carolina has offered him and right. Texas A&M says he has an offer from them, but yeah, Florida state was after him as a back as their number two quarterback this cycle as well. So he has a Florida state offer. Um, Nick Evers is the other kid. I think right. Nick Evers is two. I think the board is Jackson's Evers Brown right now. Um, 
Okay. I like Nick Evers. I like his athleticism. I like the way the ball come out of his hand as well. Um, mm-hmm. He's six three, big guy, uh, mobile. Yep. Um, only thing concerning me with him is they, they won four games. I like that he plays in Texas. Texas quarterbacks usually uh, develop really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the winning of four games, getting dragged in whatever conference he was winning, like just watching the stats of some of those matchups are uh, just was concerning. But I like the way he looked in his highlights. Yeah. Just highlights and of them getting blown out. And just so everybody knows, Nick Evers is a composite three-star on 247, 447 nationally, the 20th ranked pro prospect. 247 has him rated a little bit higher in their uh, their selection. Yeah, so I think that that's what the board looks like now. I would imagine that Florida is going to probably be pushing for a commitment in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I think it's important you know, for wide receivers. I don't even feel it's like it's so bad. Like I don't even feel comfortable against like the likes of Indiana. His brother plays basketball in Indiana. It's probably going to be like a top or well, first round draft pick in basketball. So mm-hmm. uh, Indiana's out to him, you know, uh, they did send out more offers this week at quarterback as well. I was mm-hmm. watching their boards. Cause like in, even Indiana got me spooked, you know, like, I don't know who he could beat for a recruit. No, well, they have what Penix that they beat Florida state out for a few years ago. And he's doing pretty well up there too. So, uh, yeah, we'll they still got an offer to, to another quarterback as well, but I, I don't think it's a layup that we even get this kid because, like I say, he has relationships at Indiana. Right, his brother's going uh, from there. He's from that state, so we'll see who we end up with. It could be Nick Evers. It could be Jackson. Could be Brown. I have no idea. I have no idea either. I think of the three, I like Jackson. Though. Yeah, we we've mentioned Cade Klubnik before. Um, it looks like he's probably going to go to Clemson especially with Ty Simpson, uh, who uh, was between Alabama and Clemson, decided to go to Alabama. Uh, so Alabama has their five-star of the future. So recruiters recruit. Outside of that, any other recruiting news, Silk? Or Ahmad, of course. Well, we had a um, – I shouldn't have to get on campus. Nah. No, I sent you um, a kid that went on a virtual visit. Uh, I sent you his link, yeah. Devin Moore. <clears throat> Devin Moore. Uh, three-star, three-star safety out of Naples, Florida, Naples High School. Uh, what do you thought about his film? So he's pretty good. Um, he made a lot of plays on the balls. His interceptions were almost kind of like uh, gift wrapped to him, uh, overthrown balls and whatnot. But, you know, Coach Heater always told me, you're going to get your interceptions on, on um, tip balls and overthrows. So, um, you know, you got to have good awareness to, to, to be able to make plays on those balls. But what I want to actually kind of see us – um, go in the direction of in recruiting is, is like we talked about earlier is those guys that make plays on the ball physically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anybody can make a free. I mean, I, we see this all the time. Like it's, it's a lot of lollipop deep balls in high school. Mm-hmm. Show me where guys locking up slant routes. Show me where they're locking up dig routes. Show me where they're locking up double moves. You know, anybody can just throw the ball deeper and you run, turn around and run deep and go catch it. Like that's, I mean, but where are the guys coming up making hits on on, on on running backs or you know what I'm saying? Guy coming across the middle, you 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 coming in and making a hit. So that's the, that's what I want to see. I mean, he's he, he's got good ball instincts. Um, he, he he's there, um, on, on top of routes and, and right there to make plays when the ball's in the air. Um, but I just want to see more physicality. Yeah, I, I liked like. his I liked his film. He just got offered by Alabama, which reminds right. me that Robert Gillespie uh, is a coach at Alabama, which makes me sad. But um, that has been making me sad for years watching Robert Gillespie coach at random <laughs> coach schools. At SEC school right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's been bothering me for years, so it's not new. <laughs> no. 
but uh, no, I, I like him, uh, Ahmad. I mean, I think you make a, a good point there. Um, his video is certainly a lot of uh, kind of easy picks or, or, you know, athletic plays. But, um, you know, I think that he's probably a guy that they scheme around when he plays against them. Right. Um, you know, a lot of teams are going to probably put their their best player on the opposite side of the field. So, you know, I, I think it's tough sometimes when you're just watching highlight film to be able to see all that because, you know, their, their chances are limited, especially if you're a, you know, ball hawking DB uh, out there. You know, I think he's good. Um, you know, if Alabama offers him, you know, they definitely see something in him. He's going to need to add some weight for sure. Um, skinny guy. But, you know, I know that Florida's high on him, higher than most programs are. So. Yeah, this, this, this is a good eval. Uh, I think the services, the recruiting services will catch up eventually and boost them up with now that Alabama's offered them. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good recruiting. Um, He'll do that traditional Alabama gets an offer. You jump up 250 spots. He doesn't get you know, to Alabama. You, know you drop 125. I get it. Yeah, yeah. it's just like I'm watching this kid and watching his recruitment. Um, a couple of the guys I know from out in Naples hit me up in my DMs talking about him. Once Bama offered, I kind of just like, yeah, let me go ahead and just talk about this one last time. You know, it's like a, you know, let's go ahead and get it out the way because I think this is like the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think we are recruiting Bama for kids. No, 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 sir. Uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, right now uh, Blake Alderman has crystal ball to Florida. So we will absolutely see um, what Devin Moore does here. So we'll sure. try to cover I, one kid a week. You know, like just talk about some random film of a kid or recruit that I want to chop it up about. Yeah. So Devin Moore, uh, for those that don't know, from Naples High School uh, down in Naples, Florida, uh, 6'2", 175. Uh, he's a safety. Uh, 247 composite has him as the four or yeah, 471st best player in the country. And his recruit, I guess, 247 has his recruit as Jules Montaner and Wesley McGriff. So both guys are recruiting them. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll definitely see Devin Moore. And like you said, Silk, we'll talk about this every week. Uh, speaking of every week, we're going to bring on a guest that we seemingly have on almost every week. And that's our friend Eric Fawcett from Gator Country, who is going to talk about the Florida Gator basketball program, which is coming off a couple of uh, key victories over Auburn and Kentucky. His interview is sponsored by our friend Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates. He's going to help handle auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida. Give him a call at 1-800-95-INJURED or visit yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, that's 1-800-95-INJURED, yourfighthourbattle.com the law firm of Lee Friedland. Eric, as the only member of Gator Country invited on to this podcast, how are you doing this evening, my friend? Hey, <laughs> hey I'm doing well. It's uh, it's always good to talk hoops. And, uh, you know, it's March now. So uh, when you see that uh, page come off the calendar and uh, see March, you know it's basketball time. So it's, uh, it's good to be talking hoops with you guys. It's good to talk hoops with you. Before we do that, we want to announce that uh, during this show, Joakim Noah officially announced his retirement. He's going to retire as a Chicago Bull under his former head coach, Billy Donovan. So uh, just a couple things about him, and then, Eric, I want to get your thoughts, and then we'll jump right into the basketball team. Twice named NBA All-Star 2013-2014, NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 2014, the NBA first team, all NBA in 2014, and the all NBA defensive first team in 2013, 2014. 
finishes his career with 5,881 points, 6,059 rebounds, 1,907 assists, and 874 blocks. So big shout out to a guy that was so much fun to go to college with. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the stories uh, you must have, and and anyone else who did any with anything with him on campus would be crazy. But uh, man, just like what, Dan, what? he never hung out with him. <laughs> he sure did. I got a picture. I've got a picture with him out front of Outbacks. So I thank you very much. No, wow. no, no. You got an autograph. You asked for a picture, Dan. I don't know if he took. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll find the picture and we'll put it up. <laughs> All right, Eric. Eric, uh, Trey Mann, SEC Player of the Week. Florida gets two victories, including a uh, a win over Kentucky, which despite their record is always a good win. It seems like this basketball program might be turning uh, the corner a little bit. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. Uh, still a little bit of, uh, of of lucky breaks, I would say. I mean, uh, they play Georgia, don't play particularly well, but their talent and size kind of wins out. Uh, and then they play Auburn, who's got just an in- incredible little point guard named Sharif Cooper, um, who's just taken the basketball world by storm. And it was announced like 20 minutes before the game that he wasn't going to be playing. So, you know, Gators kind of catch a break there. And then and then they go to Kentucky and, and they get a good win on the road. But you mentioned the Trey Mann was was the SEC player of the week. Uh, he's He's been the difference, and he was pretty much the reason why Florida won that Kentucky game. And uh, we, we've talked about on this podcast how you've got to have big-time shot makers and you've got to have guys that can can create in the clutch. And uh, that's why you have a Trey Mann, and that was the difference against Kentucky. I, I mean, Florida won by four points, and that was their biggest margin. Of, that, was, that, that was their biggest lead of the game. Uh, this wasn't like uh, – uh, this, this was really a kind of – punch for punch tight game uh, for the entirety of it. And then it came down to who had the better shot makers and Trey Mann was the best shot maker on the floor and he had a key one. And, and that was the difference. So uh, I think that's just what, what shows just how special of a player Trey Mann is. And, and again, when you've got a guard like that, who kind of single-handedly just outplays anyone on a Kentucky team, um, that's pretty cool. No question. Absolutely. Eric, uh, talk to us about the rest of the schedule. Uh, how do, how do we think that Florida does, through the rest of this schedule and then going to the SEC tournament? Uh, so they've got Missouri on Wednesday. Uh, that's a pretty interesting one because, you know, if you just casually follow basketball, you'll see that Missouri was ranked in the AP poll for like pretty much the entire season. They just fell out of it this week, uh, but they've been they've been ranked for, yeah, for, for most of the season. But uh, a lot of the advanced metrics, including the net ranking, which is like the official sorting tool uh, for the the ncaa tournament committee the selection committee uh they're like the 50th best team by that metric so there's like a big difference between what kind of the numbers and the eye tests say and uh but uh, they they have shown the ability to get some some pretty big wins they beat illinois who's um fantastic and uh they've they've kind of beaten all the teams that florida has had trouble with in the sec like arkansas and, and played well without alabama so so that's going to be a really interesting one um not a huge mover uh, in terms of their their NCAA tournament resume obviously it would be great to get a win but uh but then Florida ends up ends their regular season with a really big game against Tennessee uh Tennessee is of course the team that was looking awesome single digit uh, AP poll ranking when Florida just pounded them back in January uh and and ever since like Tennessee has not really been the same I mean uh Florida might have just rattled them that bad by by just hammering them when they were down Colin Castleton and down Scotty Lewis so so those are the two games left in the regular season and then uh then they go into SEC tournament play. So, so two, two solid games. Um, Tennessee is going to be uh, probably the, the, the tougher one. Um, 
but uh, I think for Florida right now, they, they are on a three-game winning streak, probably playing their best basketball of the season, which is not the case for Tennessee and Missouri. So uh, Florida's got to be, you know, at least somewhat confident. So you, uh, how are you feeling about going into the tournament? Can we win this thing? SEC? Who you got winning it? No? You don't sound, sound excited, Eric. Well, I mean, Alabama's just been hammering everyone, and they hammered Florida. So I, I see them at the top. They're the number one seed. And I, I just don't really know what the roadmap is to a team like Florida beating beating them. Uh, and Florida's biggest problem right now has been that Florida struggles on the defensive end, which is kind of interesting because, again, like early in the Mike White era, right, right. Uh, they they could really defend and they couldn't right. score. And now things have really flipped. So uh, this uh, when they played Alabama, it, it was just, you know, Alabama just showed zero respect for any defenders that Florida had on the perimeter. They just isolated over and over and over again and went straight line drive to the hoop after straight line drive at the hoop and again it's just one of those things in basketball where uh when that starts to happen you can tell pretty quickly if there if you have any answer for for how to guard that and if you if you don't have the horses if you don't have the guys who can keep their feet in front of some of these talented scores there's just not a lot you can do so uh, can florida can florida take them down i mean it's 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 going to be tough. I, I don't personally see it, but uh, I, I think Florida would love to have the Arkansas game back. Arkansas is number two in the SEC right now. Uh, Florida is yeah. number three. Um, I, I think Florida would like their chances um, playing Arkansas again. So, so hey, maybe the, the bracket breaks and maybe someone else takes down Alabama and, and Florida has an easier path. But, uh, but yeah, right now I'm looking at the Crimson Tide and uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't think that Florida matches up well or would have much of a chance if they, they saw them in the SEC tournament. What's the morale like around the team? What's the vibes? In the locker room, it's man. They they really love playing with each other, and they uh, again, that's something that has been that. pretty I, interesting. I get with, that feeling, yeah, yeah, and that's what's uh, what's pretty interesting. I, again, not that every Florida basketball discussion has to center around around Mike White, but um, as, as much mm-hmm. as he's had a lot of criticism, uh, the guys the guys really love to play for him. And, and it's uh, it, it's pretty cool to see a lot of the chemistry on the court, to see Tyree Appleby still throwing lobs off the backboard to Anthony DeRuji. You see that, to see Trey Mann and Colin Castleton playing off each other, uh, to see to see the way that Omar Payne, was, he, had, he had a moment helping Scotty Lewis off the floor the other day that was that was big. I mean, the, the, the guys really play confidence and uh, and they play for each other. And again, this is an older group than, than Mike White has had at Florida. Uh, so this is an older team than, than these last couple of seasons. And, and, and I think that you just see um, some of these guys that just really value the the opportunity to to play basketball at at Florida and and in the SEC at a high level, particularly in this current world we're living in, uh, they don't seem to take anything for granted. And um, if if there's if there's any group that um, uh, that I think is really going to really really give it their best and and, and play play with their all um I, I i do think it's this one because and i mean of course they've got keontae johnson on the sideline who's still cheering them on and i think every right. time they glance over and see him um they know just how blessed they are to be to be playing basketball so uh i i do think the vibes are pretty good with this team truthfully what do you think they end up seated at uh, I would say right now. Well, right now they're they're seven seed would be would be my best guess. That's not a hot take. That's where most of the most <laughs> most bracketologists would have them. Um, and again, I think if you 
there, there's a there's a bunch of teams that are behind Florida that would be like the eight and nine seeds that have played really poorly the last the last week or so. So there's not really anyone on Florida's heels that are ready to jump them if if Florida were to like lose to Missouri, which wouldn't be that bad of a loss. Uh, and uh, but at the same time, Missouri and and Tennessee right now not huge opportunities for great wins. So Florida doesn't have a ton of opportunities to to leapfrog some teams. So it kind of looks like they're going to be around a seven seed and. Uh, Th- th- that would be all right. I mean, what you really want to do is, is of course, stay out of the 8-9 game because mm-hmm. if you win that, you're going to play the number one seed. Uh, you don't want that, especially uh, this year when Gonzaga and Baylor are looking so much better than everyone. Um, but, man, some of these two seeds, like o- Ohio State, if they're a two seed, if Houston's a two seed, you know what? Florida, I think, would like their chances to, to at least compete pretty good with some of these teams. So so the seven seed, while I know that's probably not what Florida's shooting for like as an institution as a as a program they're they're probably looking for better seeds than than seven from year to year uh this is a year that uh a team could do some damage from the seven seed Eric want to talk about Trey Mann a little bit you know obviously he's having a breakout year um himself is he a guy that is going to probably go pro after this season or or what do the draft prospects look like for this Gators team uh, I think he's gone for sure. In, in my opinion, that's that's not sourced. Just uh, the thing about Trey Mann is uh, he's got such a premium NBA skill, and that's shooting off the dribble. That's just something that not a lot of players have, and it's what the NBA game is all about: players who can create in space and, and hit shots off movement. So for him to be six five, athletic, can handle the ball, and and hit shots with the efficiency that he does off the dribble, it's just uh, it's what every NBA team is looking for. And uh, again, he's had a really really good year there's no question I I think he's actually had a better year than he's getting credit for I think there should be a lot more talk about him both locally and and nationally Uh, but he also just has a game that is more suited for the NBA than than the college game so I could see him going on and being just one of those players that that ends up having a better pro career than um, than a college career and uh, what'll be interesting is like a Scotty Lewis a, a player that out of high school was had a lot of NBA hype then had a freshman season that uh, kind of made all that hype fade away. And he hasn't really done a, a lot this in his sophomore season to, to warrant that attention. So, so that's a guy where, you know, there's, there's still probably a team that would take him in the second round, just kind of based off pedigree and his mm-hmm. athleticism and the fact that he's uh, by all accounts, a really good dude who's going to interview very well. There's probably a team that takes him in the, late second round or maybe a team that takes him in the, the late second round. So for him, it's just, you know, does he want to maybe bet on himself, come back for another year and think he can better himself or, or does he take the, uh, the safe bet? And then uh, man, the, the thing that, you know, I, I truly know nothing about is what does Keontae Johnson do? Because he was a player that um, that preseason was most people thought was going to be a late first round pick and uh, just, you know, who knows with that one. So, so again, uh, I, I would say Trey Mann is, is gone for sure. And then, uh, then for for different reasons, uh, I think the Gators are going to be a little bit unsure of if they're they're going to get Scotty Lewis or, or Keontae Johnson back, or if or if those guys will be headed to the pros. Mm. Interesting. Well, Eric, we're gonna we're gonna hope and we're gonna cheer. I don't know. We, I don't know if we're gonna get you back on before the tournament. So, how far do you think we make it in the tournament? Well, you got us pinned. Pinned up. 
Uh, well, I mean, if you're a seven seed, which is what Florida is, I, I think they're going to be favored in the first game. And I think they take care of business. And that that is something over the last the last six years. Florida has always take what, what Florida has really done is taking care of business in the games that they should win. And then they they lose to, to better teams. So uh, so if I had to say right now, they go into the tournament as a seven seed. Um, they handle that seven ten game, get a win and then uh, match up uh, with a, with a two seed. Probably that's uh, uh, that's going to be better than them and then they, they probably lose in the round of 32 i mean that would be my that'd be my prediction at at this very point unless they uh suddenly start to look uh really good in this last week and a half well perfect well eric as always you are a man of the people and we appreciate your time coming on to our show remind everybody where they can follow you pump your tires a little bit about your podcast and everything else you got going on yeah, anytime you guys uh, want to have me on, I'll I'll be there. But uh, how cold yeah. is it, by the way, up there? How cold? Uh, it's it's starting to warm up. So right now it's like I think it was like forty two degrees today. So uh, yeah, that was that was feeling that was feeling up. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, by the pool today or uh, oh, that would be <laughs> if, if if one was available. But uh, no, is uh, uh, Definitely, uh, yeah, d- definitely still uh, still cold here, and definitely, uh, definitely dreaming of the next time I can uh, get back down to uh, to Florida for a game at this time. But um, yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at efaucet seven. Uh, I write at Gator Country. Uh, Going to be lots of good stuff there these uh, last couple weeks of the season. And then uh, yeah, if you uh, want to step into a Florida basketball podcast, uh, setting up for the SEC tournament and and beyond, um, I host the Florida Basketball Hour podcast with uh, Neil Blackman. I love it. Well, Eric, it's as always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, you are one of our favorite guests and you are definitely our most reoccurring guest. So we'll, we'll make sure that you hold that honor. <laughs> Proud of that one. Thanks guys. Awesome, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Sure, Eric Foster. Let Neil come on here and kick it one time. Yeah. We'll reach out to Neil. Hey, by the way, um, we forgot to shout him out last week. Um, I don't know his real name, um, but his Twitter handle is at MRJ craft. Did you guys get his salsa that he sent you? Yo. Yo. Salsa. Come on, there you are. Yo. Come on, say, like, the whole basketball. No, nah, I can't talk about basketball. I, I I can only talk about basketball from when I watch the game. But, hey, that's salsa. Shout out so, my man so, Tim. My man Tim bro. be at your neck about the basketball takes, bro. Shout out my man Tim on Twitter, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, I'm just trying to put my input, bro. It's like, I can't even, I can't even say, like, something, like, minute, like, I say anything, bro. It's like all blown out of proportion. Yeah, let's talk about this salsa, though. Yeah, yeah let's talk about this salsa a little bit. Amad. The salsa. We know about your crisis. A one, bro. As a fan, as as a former Gator player, um, <laughs> I don't play basketball. Let me day. tell you. So it's at M R J C R A F T. So M R J Craft, and he has a salsa that I don't know if he's doing like wide scale distribution of it at all. But it is with like made with like a dadle pepper, which I think is like naturally sweeter, or at least his salsa is sweeter. Uh, that salsa is about as good as you're gonna get. Spencer's is really good too. They're very different. Yeah. Um, but but shout out to uh, to him for sending us salsa. He uh, he reached out after we did our shameless plug of anytime you have something that you want us to to pimp up, we got you. So. Um, so shout out to him, and I know he's trying to get that off the ground. So Gators support Gators. So again, MRJ Craft for salsa. Silk, any other salsa hot takes? I put that salsa on a lot of shit this past week. That's that's my take on. It. I put it in my eggs. Uh, I mean, tacos with it. In my eggs. Mm-hmm. 
Bro, I put this salsa on. So what else I put this salsa in? Oh, my tuna fish. Like, I wasn't. I just, a, yeah, I, do something in there. So you no. Know? So still, I wasn't. I'm not a big fan of putting salsa on my eggs, bro. My wife loves that. So when she was gone, bro, I was like, let me just let me see what she's talking about. Let me put some of this salsa, bro. Changed my life, bro. That sauce is good. Real that good sauce, sauce is bro. Really, really, really good. It is. It is amongst the best sauce I ever had in my life, and I'm not just saying that because it was free. No, literally. Yeah, I will eat that. I will. I will buy some whenever I run out. Well, we've got another guest that has appeared multiple times on our show. He is reporting live from a new company now. So, before we do that, let's give a friend, uh, Carlton Black. A sh- Carlton Black, pardon me. A shout out with Cardinal Financial, licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. He's going to help offer. Any home loan that you need, conventional loan, FHA loan, VA loan, fixed rate loan, adjustable rate mortgages, jumbo loans, construction loans, one-time closes, down payment assistance loans. He'll help you refinance at historically low rates. And if you're a real estate agent looking to partner, he always wants to partner with you. He'll help you close within 21 days. Uh, give Carlton a call, 404-769-5501 or carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Again, Carlton Black, 404-769-5501, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. Join us for the first time as a member of Rivals, I believe, is Nick Delatore. Nick, my friend, how are you? First time, long time. I'll take it off the air. Uh, Dan, you're looking tan. I am. You've been big boat, Dan. Big, big, yeah, back on the boat this past weekend and on the golf course a couple times. So we're back at it. Just living the dream. Yeah, man. Just, you know, just waiting for you to pay me a visit in this beautiful city. Okay, all the way to Tampa. Mm. Well, Nick, we brought you on because we want to get your thoughts on everything, but primarily the thing that you know, know best is the Gators baseball team. Come off a one and two performance against Miami, dropped to number seven overall, and then I believe they win five in a row. So uh, they they get their uh, two midweek matches, and then they sweep uh, Samford over the weekend. Talk to us a little bit about this baseball team. What can we expect? Highs, lows, all of it. Yeah, they uh, they were coming at my neck after the after the first week. Um, awesome. my, Miami that my, Miami's a good team and. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I've watched a lot of Florida scrimmages in the fall and in the spring, and I was talking about how good the team was. They lose one at they lo- they lose two out of three to Miami, and uh, man, I was public enemy number one on, on Gator Twitter for that weekend. Um, but it's a good team; they'll get it figured out. I think you're kind of seeing. Um, I mean, the, the, there was an 11 month layoff. Florida was, you know, really only 16 games into the 56 season when uh, everything got shut down last uh, last year. So. You're looking at guys who are used to playing year round, and then you're kind of off for 11 months. And I think it'll take some time for the pitchers to uh, to really get back and get their feet under them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a good team. They're hitting better, I think, than I expected. Um, hitting as one of the best teams in the country right now. And then you've got a pitching staff that, uh, when they figure it out, this team's going to be really dangerous for sure. And uh, who knows? Maybe you'll see Miami in a in a super regional somewhere down down the road. But I think the Canes just lost uh, two out of three. To Virginia, the first time Virginia has beaten them in a long time down there at Mark Lake. 
So I think that we're going to probably see that, like you said, um, you know, a lot of these players had a bunch of time off. I think you're going to see some some shenanigans early in the season. What are the strengths for those that don't know? What are the strengths of this team, and what are some of the weaknesses on paper? And then how are those kind of playing out so far? Yeah, the strengths were, were, was going to be the pitching. Um, the way it works in baseball is if you uh, commit to a D1 school out of high school, you're stuck there for three years. Um, if you go to a community college, you can get drafted right away, uh, one year, two years. But if you, go to ba- if you go to Florida out of high school, you're going to be there for three years. So because of COVID, Florida was I able to get – Yeah, yeah. That's, that, so that's, that's what baseball that, – Yeah, that's kind of – that kind of put pressure on guys just committing just just because. Yeah, I mean, it destroys one of my takes. I was calling the NFL racist for like making players, <laughs> football players have to wait so long to go pro. I didn't know if you signed the college baseball that you had to wait that that long of a time as well. That's interesting. If you sign with an NCAA school, so let's say yeah. so you're you're a senior, you get drafted out of high school, you can choose as a baseball right. player to go and play minor league baseball. Now, if you go oh, to a school okay. like LSU, yeah, yeah, if you go to a school like LSU, okay. um, Ole Miss, Florida. You're going to be traveling at those schools much nicer than you will as a 17-year-old kid um, playing rookie ball or playing single A, you know, on a bus from, you know, who knows where, Mississippi to you don't want to be there, Louisiana, to play, you know, six games in four days. Um, right, right. But you can, go to, you can go to community college and you can get drafted after one year. But if you sign to Florida, you're there for three years. And uh, that's mm-hmm. why you, you never really see – seniors uh senior baseball players at Florida. Right. you got kids as soon as junior year hey i've got my eligibility i can get drafted again um but what happened with florida was you get your friday night starter back and tommy mace you get your saturday night guy back and jack left which that wasn't that wasn't going to be the case so a lot of the hype that i was talking about with florida is you you lost two players in austin langworthy and brady smith but you brought back that whole team that was 16 and one um you've got all the guys from that team that was so good, you've got the number seven recruiting class in the country coming in. Like, this is the same team with some really good freshmen. Um, right. So I think the, the strength for Florida is going to be pitching. Now, you lost Nick Pogue, who was probably the fourth best pitcher on your team outside of those weekend starters. He had to get Tommy John surgery before the year. You lost another really good pitcher in Tyler Nesbitt, Tommy John surgery again. And then there's been some pitchers with some arm issues that haven't been throwing. So I, I don't think you've seen – the full strength of Florida's pitching staff yet um, not might not even get there because of losing Pogue, but it's really, really deep pitching staff that they have. And then uh, Judd Fabian, the center fielder, he's going to be a top 10 pick um, in the MLB draft. When it comes up, he leads the, leads the offensive of surge, but then you've got a guy, Jacob Young. It's crazy. Baseball is weird. You've got, I mean, Chris Young, I think Christian Robinson might be at baseball looking at, for his first baseman thinking like, Hey, can he play linebacker? He's like six, <laughs> four, And then you got this kid, Jacob young, who's five, 10, a buck 75 soaking wet. And he's hitting, you know, 400 was four for five on Sunday with the game winning hit. That's the superstar. Um, What's his name? Jacob young, <laughs> just a, just a five ten. Like I told you five ten, a buck 70 soaking wet plays uh left field. And he's got a 26 game hitting streak. He's four games away from, from tying the record or three games away from tying the record, four games away from beating the longest hitting streak in Florida history. All right. Yeah. I'm going to start following this team. I follow, I've been following it closely since buddy reading them left, uh, but I'm going to follow it this year. You know, 
I'm just keeping. I just like to be honest, Dan. You know, I'm doing your line. I've been following it closely. But I'm, I'm gonna follow this thing. Self missed the national championship and all. <laughs> you got, I out, showed, got off the wrong well, year, buddy. I, I, I showed the Gators up, I showed won a national that year. championship in Silk's off years. Buddy, buddy yeah, re-graduated yeah. 2016. No. Silk was like, yeah, I'm done. They yeah, <laughs> went no, national like, championship next year. I showed, I showed up to the game in the celebration, guys. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, I just didn't follow you. the season, you know? Oh, I'm okay. follow. You know, I want to follow more off sports this year. I don't want to be stressing recruiting in the offseason. I want to watch baseball, some vibe. Let, let, let the nerds argue about recruiting and stuff on timeline, you know? That's right. You're here to see Judd Fabian, potential number one draft pick overall. Right. That's what, that's yeah. what I'm here for. So that's Wait. that's the superstar. No, Judd Fabian's the superstar. That's that's the guy that everyone's talking about. He'll be drafted first. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned football. So Judd graduated high school early and and came to Florida when and started playing. He was playing center field at Florida when he should have been playing center field at his high school. And if you only follow football, you think, all right, that's normal. Um, that's not normal at all for baseball. Um, like he skipped his senior season of baseball because they play in the spring to go. So he's he's 20 years old. He's young in terms of being a junior. So when you also when you get drafted, the reason why juniors leave for the MLB is once you get drafted, you've got a bargaining chip. Say the Royals drafted you. Okay, well, here's what I want. Here's the money that I want. And if you don't come close to that or give me that, I'm going to go back to school and you're going to lose out on that draft pick. Judd can go, come back to school. I mean, thanks to COVID, he's technically a sophomore. He can come back to school two more times, and his brother is committed and will be a freshman next year. So Judd's going to be in the position where he, I mean, just like a ransom. He's just like sliding the note to the bank teller and saying, hey, here's the number. Meet the number or else we're leaving. But you don't think if he goes in the top 10, there's no way that that number doesn't get hit, right? No, no. You, yeah, you guys, you want to lose. If I'm an MLB team, you don't want to lose your probably top two picks. You know, top two rounds. If you're drafting a guy in the top ten, like listen, you're making you're making the money, whatever it has to be. Um, you you're signing. You're, if I pick seventh and 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 the guy that I picked at seven wants eight million dollars, like hey, we'll figure it out. You know, we're we're gonna make that happen. Yeah, they just paid Fernando Tatis Jr. three hundred forty million dollars. So, uh, Corey, I keep telling you, Corey, let let the young man play baseball. It, it's it's real money in baseball. If, that's it was up, if it was up to me, he'd be doing a lot of things, man. But I just kind of let him, you know, do his thing, pick what he want, you know, just let I him told, vibe. If it's soccer, I, if it's basketball, if it's football, just let him do him. I told you to be a way, way more pushy parent. You should put a belt around his right arm and only let him throw with his left hand. That's your 401k. He a really lefty, told me that. I thought I had a son. That's crazy advice, man. I could tell so you left, I have kids. No, no. You don't think I'm ready? <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm ready. No, DCF is getting called if you tie that kid's hands behind his back. I'm telling you. <laughs> and especially your son. He'll definitely call, right? Based <laughs> on some of the stories I've heard. Man. Um, Nick, what um, what else can you tell us about this baseball team? And then I want to get some of your uh, your football takes in. Um, yeah, long season coming up. Um, Cyberbullying works. They, they weren't going to stream a bunch of the games. <laughs> people, people got mad, and uh, the games are streaming now. So uh, it's a long season. So, like, Corey, you got plenty of time. To uh, to get involved, and, not taking fans. Say again. Are they taking fans? Yeah, so they're at. Tw- it's like between 22 percent. They get about seventeen hundred people in the new stadium, so you can get. They're gonna get fans in there. It's actually easy to get tickets. It was hard that first weekend. It's Miami. It's opening day of a, a brand new stadium. Um, but if you want to go to the games, you have to call the ticket office. Um, like it's nineteen eighty seven. You got to call the ticket office. 
Um, say you want tickets, and they sell them, I think, in like twos and fours. Let's do a um, game. Let's well, do a let's game, do a stadium and game. Yeah. Yeah, let's do a game. Let's hang out. Right, cool. Thank you. You got you got you got high noons there. Not a sponsor yet, but uh, yeah. you, you got some beverages there, and uh, you can it, drink it's, at it's your a, seat. Yeah, it's a re- you can All drink right, at your seat. Well. It's a really cool spot to watch a game. You can kind of walk around the whole park, stand in the oh, outfield. I am with it. I am with it. Let's make this happen, fellas. Do they have any keto options for uh, or vegetarian options? Pardon me for. He was just talking about tuna. What's up? Uh, pescatarian options, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I eat fish. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yeah. They hey, you guys don't have to make me what I eat. Like the topic of conversation every time we're trying to play and it goes somewhere either. Bro. We're just worried about you, so. so all worried. I know is when we were in Atlanta, you made me drive 30 minutes out of the way to go to a vegan restaurant. Not saying that it wasn't good. It I'm was just great though. I now take though. that into consideration. I appreciate that, bro. You're all right. <laughs> uh, Nick, give us uh, some football uh, takes. Obviously, you not only cover uh, baseball, you cover football. Um, you've been watching practices. Um, you've been going to press conferences. <laughs> give, a, give us some yeah, wa- watching, in quotation marks. Give us some of uh, your thoughts, um, maybe some players that are, are standing out to you uh, on, the, on the field right now. Uh, well, I mean, you guys are watching the same <laughs> the same Instagram live feeds we're watching. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and like blow smoke that, uh, <laughs> you know, that I'm seeing anything more. Uh, the biggest thing for me is how, how different is the offense going to look? And, and, and I trust Dan Mullen to kind of figure things out. You, I, I think something that stuck out to me after the press conference today was like they really had to find out what Kyle ran well and what the guys around him ran well without having a spring practice and without having a real fall. So now you've got a chance in the spring and Amon can probably attest to this in the spring, they'll throw a thousand plays at you. And it's just kind of like the coaches being like, okay, well we're going to throw out this group because we don't run that well. So we're not going to do that anymore, but they're just throwing stuff at them right now to see, Hey, can we run this? Is this something we're going to use in the fall? So for me, it's how different is, the offense going to be, you have two wildly different skill sets from what Kyle Trask was to what Emory Jones is. You also have a ton of, of talent in the, in that running back room. So I think it way more dynamic running attack. Um, and at least, I mean, not saying Emory Jones can throw the football as well. So um, I'm looking for him to show me a little touch. We're talking baseball earlier. Everything doesn't need to be a 98 mile an hour fastball. I think that's kind of where Kyle Trask separated himself. It was, Hey, when I need to put a little loft on something, if I need to take a, a little bit off this ball, um, uh, he can do that. And I think that's something that I think Felipe Frank struggled with. And I haven't really seen Emory Jones show kind of that touch and that feel in the passing game. But I think it will be a much more balanced attack with the running attack and what Emory can bring with that as well. And then in the secondary, um, who's going to step up? I, I mean, I'm looking at safety. I think Trainee needs to stay at safety, but then who's next to him? Um, they throw a lot of those safety guys. Is Corey Collier ready? Um, it's, it's a lot of information for a freshman to process, but he's going to get a whole sprint to go through it. Um, right. The other Palmetto boy, Jason Marshall, I want to see those guys. And then uh, I'm looking at the offensive line too. Um, it, what's what's the five? And and are, can you roll the, that same right tackle out as you did last year? What, what are the other options? So there's a lot yeah, of stuff. I, I don't want to see it rolled out. Like if, I, if it's rolled out, I wouldn't be a little bit disappointed. Not not like to joke about it or anything, but we had a conversation before you got on here, Nick. Just about uh, I feel like a little complacency. complacency. Like what what, what mm. are the vibes you getting from Dan right now? Like what's your what's your vibes? Like I'm getting. My take was, um, you, of course you you didn't hear what I said. My take was that it seems like there's a little frustration along like along with some annoyance. 
whenever he speaks, whenever he deals with anything, it just seemed like he's a little just like complacent to me. What do you think? Yeah, uh, he was definitely, and in, in maybe chalk some of that up to to, to COVID. Um, I, I can't, I don't know what the you know emotional and and psychological toll was of right, everything right. that they had to do towards the end of the football season. I was like, this guy is sick of my questions. Like, I, it doesn't matter what it's I ask. It's not him. you, it's Edgar. <laughs> I could have been like, hey, Dan, how was breakfast? It looked really good on Instagram Live. And he'd be like, yeah, I bet you tried to poison it. And he's just like, he was just like really <laughs> like, annoyed. Like, every person. Yeah, hairpin trigger, just like anything could set him off. He was definitely annoyed. Um, yeah. It's interesting because sometimes he gets up there and, and he's got that, you know, spurrier, cocky swag to him. And it's just like, you know, hey, you want to thumb wrestle? I'll beat your ass right now. I haven't seen that from him. Um, since that Missouri loss, uh, I think I wrote about that after the year. I think it was right after the Cotton Bowl. I was like, where, I'm like, where is this dude? Like the the dude that was so mad that they lost this game, you know? Because after the Cotton Bowl, it was kind of like, oh well, you know, that was just not really our team and stuff like that. And I haven't seen that same edge. Um, maybe if that if that's what you're getting at. Um, but yeah, there is sort of an annoyance. What do you think that, it is? I, I don't know. I, I think I, listen, there, there's a lot of come on this he, show and not give a take. He, so, right. so, so, so he understands the pressure and, and of Florida. He helped create those expectations with the, you know him and Urban Meyer and, and the success that those teams and mob was on. That created a standard. And so, when like Jim McElwain came in and they get to Atlanta and, and get the break speed off him, he doesn't understand why the fans aren't happy. He's like, "Oh, well, we won the East. That's what I was hired to do." It's like, "No, you were hired to win the whole thing." Um, so I don't know. I don't understand if that's it because Dan knows the expectations. So it can't be that like, oh, these fans aren't happy. I don't think it's the fans. I think his frustrations. I think it's all. I think it's admin and, and him. I don't think it's the fans. Like, yeah. The fan, of course, like, like I don't think Dan cares enough about what fans think for that to be a frustrating thing that that's annoying him. I don't think he gives a shit what fans think. I think I think the coaching staff is mad um, at the perception that they're bad recruiters, and I think they're lazy recruiters. Um, I think that you can get away with doing stuff a certain way at Mississippi State. Like, listen, um, someone like Dewan Black, who I think is going to be a great player, but like they committed or got his commitment knowing he wasn't going to come to school. And you can do that every once in a while. Hey, we really like this kid. He might not be able to get into school. Let's keep the relationship. We'll get him back for two years. I think that worked with, you know, um, with Reggie Nelson. Um, but they're recruiting guys. You're the University of Florida. They're recruiting guys that I think they could have gotten at Mississippi State, guys that are maybe projects, guys that are maybe not going to get into school. Like, you don't have to take those same risks at Florida. And, and I think there's a they still have the same mentality that they're recruiting at Mississippi State. And, and you need to walk in to the number one quarterback in the nation. You need to walk into his living room with that gator on your chest and, and, and have it carry some weight. Like, when you were at Mississippi State, you wouldn't even bother talking to a Corey Collier or a Jason Marshall. It's like, hey, we're not getting them to Starkville. So you need to have a different mentality. I don't think they have it. And I think they are frustrated with the perception that they're bad recruiters because I think they do put some time into it, and they've, and they've got more resources around them now in the recruiting office than any Florida coach has ever had. So they've gotten some concessions from the admissions uh, – or from not from the admissions, from the administration – but when it comes down to it, um, I think they're lazy recruiters. I think there's a lot of times they're on vacation, and I'm wondering, well, what, what's Nick Saban doing right now? Why, why, are, why are these assistant coaches with Dan Mullen for 10, 12, 13 years? It's a great quality of life. There's a lot of traveling and recruiting and stuff that goes on when you're Nick Saban's running backs coach. And, and when you're Dan Mullen's running back coach, well, 
hey, the head man's on his third vacation this year. I guess I can go on vacation too. Nick, it's almost like you listen to the show through, <laughs> I don't know. Some, I mean, these are, these are the same takes. These are the same takes. Nick, what, um, what position battle are you most looking forward to watching uh, play out? Um, there's a couple interesting ones. What uh, is, is Mahmoud Diabate ready to step in there? I mean, a linebacker next to Ventrell. Are those going to be the two guys? I mentioned safety already. Um, running back's a huge one. Like, I was thinking about a story idea. I'm like, is, does Demarcus Bowman, if he's healthy, is Demarcus Bowman, does he lead the team in carries? You've got Damian Pierce, Malik Davis. You got a bunch of guys there. Um, and then obviously at receiver, there's a ton of guys who, you know, is, is this Jacob Copeland's here? Um, I think he needs to be in front of the jugs machine, but from those Instagram lives, he's, he's breaking ankles in terms of routes. So there's a bunch of different positions um, that, that I'm looking forward looking at. I'd like to know from a mod, what, how hard is it or, or easy is it? Maybe I'm making too much of it for a freshman to step in like a Corey Collier to step in right away and be able to be that guy at safety. So we talked about it um, earlier, it, it, uh -huh. especially at the safety spot. Um, you got to be really physical, right? And yeah. you can't just come straight out of high school and, you know, not lifting the way you would in college, not eating the way you would in college. Um, and, and you don't even know that you're not doing it at that point. You think, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm doing everything. I mean, you, yeah, you think you are until you come see the nutritionist. So um, it, it'd be really, really tough. I mean, not saying it can't be done, but it's, just, it's extremely tough. Yeah, that's just the thing. They always say it's like the farther – the farther away you are from the ball, the easier it is to start right away. And you're like, well, why isn't that translate yeah. to safety? Well, yeah, right. A lot of other stuff that, that safeties yeah. are asking to do. It's not, you know, hey, corner, you're covering number 12. You see him whenever, wherever he is on the field, you follow him. And that's see, your, but I, your safety sometimes is your quarterback on, mm -hmm. on defense. So um, he makes sure to make sure the back ends. And that's why it's always great to have two of them. Um, and, and, you know, when you got two guys back there, it makes it a whole lot easier because you can, you can, uh, you know, break up the size of the field. So, you know, mm -hmm. one safety can have one corner, the other safety can have the other. Um, and, and you can you can relay um, the place that way. Yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm looking at Florida and, and everything they lost, and, and I think a big question is going to be, obviously, what, what the defense does after a, a terrible 2020, um, how different, different the offense looks. And then you look at the schedule, it's like, hey, uh, there's – Enjoy those first two weeks as Bama's coming week three, and, and you probably have the toughest draw um, getting Bama and LSU out of the West of any other SEC team. So it's uh, big questions for me for Florida heading into, in, into this year. I thought 2020 with what you had coming back, obviously thought the defense would play better than they did. Um, thought 2020 was the year to make a run. Not so sure about, about 21 with, uh, with a, a bunch of the questions that I have and, uh, wish I'd be out there seeing practice with my own eyes and not, you know, sitting on the couch watching on my phone. Nick, sorry if I missed this. Um, I, this Eagle rare wasn't going to pour itself, you know? So, um, who, who are some expected leaders, some vocal leaders? I think one of the things that we, we saw last year is there was a lot of confusion back there, um, especially in the secondary or on the defense. Have you heard of any leaders stepping up, uh, especially on this defensive side of the ball? And what have you heard about Emory Jones taking the reins as the uh, number one uh, QB? Yeah, well, I think you probably have leaders at 
position groups and then you've got leaders on sides of the ball and then you've got you know leaders who hey it doesn't matter if you want it or not you're at that position so like whether emory jones wants to be a leader or not you're qb1 you're someone that everyone looks to so i think that's uh, a role that it gets put on you depending on what position you're in um i'm really looking forward on the or looking for zach carter uh, as a senior on defense to kind of step up into that role um he's a guy that everyone likes that has liked but um, maybe get more of that, like Brandon spikes kind of in your face, um, motivating guys. Um, and then Trey Dean in the secondary, a guy that's been there a long time. Um, you need to step up as, as the old head in the locker room and, and hey, what's, make going sure. on? what's going on with the handcuffs. Just trying to lock people down. So he's just doing his, doing his thing. Oh, that's man, a troll that's... waiting to happen, man. We need to get them out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't know about the, what do you think about the Cubs black? I don't know, man. I don't know about that because I mean, cuff nobody in three years. Cuff's been here, so I don't. Maybe he just he just passed the police academy. I'm not a prop Maybe. guy. L- I don't listen, like props, bro, but that's a trolling prop. I, I, that could turn turn quick on us. Uh, if you if you feel like you're gonna lock him down this year, right, listen, I'm with you. All right, so we just got guess we got to just go no, see. I just lock him down. I still like the hand without, without the props, right? Silk's been trolling so long that he is he is five, six months down the line in his head on the yeah, timeline yeah, when Trey Dean yeah, gets yeah. beat and he's like, yeah. Nope, that picture's coming up. I see it already. Right. Now, you know, you, you know, you know the people bookmark them them. They already in the rivals bookmarks right now as we speak. Man, can't, as, as, can't a troll, troll. as a professional troll, those handcuffs pictures are a disaster waiting to happen. That's all I'm gonna say. Until he gets about seven picks. Then, then it's a great picture. Then it's legendary. Great picture. You know, so it's, legendary. It's, legendary. it's legendary, literally. <laughs> right. Literally <That's> legendary. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, man, that, that's his swag. I, I think he stopped bringing them out to practice, but he's writing it on, like, his uh, his wrist tape now. Uh, but I think I think the actual prop was an only a, a one-time deal. We got his point. No. Yeah. He got his message across. No, that's funny because – Funny story, bro. One one year we was going out to spring. I think it was after the national championship. And Chris Rainey came in our defensive room, right? And Coach Strong was in, like leading the media. Chris Rainey comes in there and say, Hey man, I just want to let y'all know I got all y'all numbers on this piece of paper. And as <laughs> as spring go by and I juke one of y'all out, I'm gonna just put a check mark. <laughs> so everybody like Rainey, get your ass out of here. Bro, <laughs> I swear this man caught a screen pass and juked the entire defense in one play that same day, right? That was the maddest I ever seen Coach Strong, bro. Like, he was super mad. So, man, you bring these props, man, and you got stuff to, to, to bring out to practice. You got to back it up. Chad Johnson had that list of the in his locker um, when he was – I think he was still with the Bengals, and it was every corner that he was going to face. And it was like, who was going to stop – 85 and every week after the game he would just check no next to their name after he had another good game hmm. but i know coach strong was mad as hell it's like you let him walk into our meeting hey, stop it tell yeah. you what he was going to do and then you let him do it that hey, afternoon. Hey, so what kind of swag you had out there junior college what kind of swag it was poverty in junior college there's no lot so i was depressed yeah, you look. You look way good. To go, you play good. Nah, the way to go. No, no, I look good. I look good. No, I was just playing. But yeah, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't happy times. But yeah, bro, uh, gloved up. Okay. That no times. A lot you, of risk. You was, you was a visor no or no visor guy. No visor guy. I was too. I was too physical and rugged. I wanted to get busy. You know, I wouldn't. Okay. I was. I looked solid, but not pretty. 
You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. Wristbands, huge sock guy. Yeah, wristbands on the arms. You know what I'm saying? Three each arm, and then then that was it. Gloves? No. No. Uh, yeah, we played in the cars in New York in JUCO, so everybody okay, had gloves. Okay. It was okay. mandatory, kind of. Yeah, it's cold. What was Dan's Dan. hockey swag? He was, yeah, he's, a, he's a goalie. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Dan. All right, Dan. So, so Dan. Yeah. I was, I was decked Gators. out in Brian's. Wait, hold on. Before, before that, you shooting up for the Gators, Dan. Yep. You know, about, about to go there. It's Georgia game. Mm-hmm. All right. What number are you going to be? Hmm. What position am I? <laughs> that's a great question, Dan. You tell me, Dan. That's a fantastic question. I'm out. I appreciate that. He's going to have the most swagged out I, headset on right, the side. So Nick, 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 I need so, you to let me live let me, my life. Let me, let me pick the position. I think he's a field goal holder. No, so what I was. So we got to let we got to let Dan pick it. So, Dan, we're about to create. Your, if you were hypothetically a Gator football player, I, I have been you, in. What position? We about to go from position and all that. So let's go, Dan. What, what position? Okay. We're gonna create. We're gonna create Dan. So I feel like Ahmad. When I played intramural football for my fraternity, mm-hmm. uh, I was a safety. I actually retired after a two interception game. Ross Sacker, who listens to this podcast, will tell you that that actually happened. So two interception games. So I feel like I was more of a free safety, more of a rover than anything. Okay. All right, so what number are you over, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ahmad, I feel like depending on what year I am, I would have probably at this point in my career deserved the number one number. He says at this point of his career, he deserved the number one. <laughs> All right, so uh, All right, I have so the Dan number the one. All right, so, so Dan, you going to wear a visor or no visor? I'm going to wear a visor. All right, so uh, dark, right. clear. Damn, Mike can play safety on this team right now, though. Is it dark? Is it clear? It's dark. <laughs> Damn, play safety on this team. It, I, I, hey, will, I will take the fifteen-yard right. so, so, illegal so, equipment penalty too to have right. a mirror. So, so Dan, what? So all right. So what kind of wristbands are you gonna you gonna have? Like the long ones, the like the kind of the, the arm, no, the, the, the skinny ones that don't do anything. Ones? Yeah, all the, right, the right. skinny yeah. ones that don't do anything. They're there for swag. I will have a sleeve on one side. All right. A full sleeve on one side, and then oh, one, God. two, three, probably four wristbands on the my bulging bicep, <laughs> and then probably on. two on the forearm. You gonna have gloves or no gloves? I will have gloves. You gonna look like barbecue? They gonna throw at you because you just got too much shit on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, so, until until okay. I get another two interception game. Hold on, Dan. So so you gonna have socks? High socks? Low socks? What we, what? Low socks. Low socks, and then I'm gonna have a couple of uh, of those. Um, I guess armbands or whatever leg bands that don't do anything on my my calves too, and you guys know I got some some sick calves too. So no, listen, um, we got to get someone who listens. We got to get someone who listens to the show to make an edit to, of what Dan just said, bro. We yeah, have that's to. that's a damn recruiting edit. That's a damn. I, I need I need that. <laughs> so whoever still has NCA fourteen or whatever the the most recent rendition is, make Dan, I need, please. I need that edit, please. And Spence, make Dan tonight. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What What did I just say that would be different than what you guys would have done? Nick, I, I can was, see you going out there. there. The I, level, I, I can see you going out there. First of all, you started with number one. So let's just get that understood. Yeah, yeah, number, yeah, number 19 is some ugly shit. Like, you know I, was number, I was number 29 in hockey. 
That makes you sense. You can't just come out here with number one, Like you, you got. You no, no, I would have said I would have earned it. By you should. You get twenty nine. That fits you. That's the type of number that fits you at UF. Nah, bro. Because Janoris Jenkins had twenty nine. Absolutely. Oh, very good. Absolutely. And then he had what number Absolutely after that? Not. I'm Absolutely sorry, what number not. did Janoris Jenkins have after number 29? So what you're trying to say, y'all are winning that? No, no, hold on, Ahmad. I asked wait, you a question wait, wait. that you know the answer would, to. Would you be this? Would you? Ahmad, no. Are you insinuating you're you going to win the national championship, Dan, the year before uh, yes. you get the number one? That's what you insinuate. Yes. That's what so I insinuate. you start and safety and win the national championship. Yes. I think he's insinuating he's going to have the exact same career path as Janoris. That's what well, I'm going to be And Janoris Jenkins obviously was a cornerback. He ain't Jack Rabbit. He Bunny Rabbit. Looked like the Easter Rabbit. Easter, Easter Bunny Dan. <laughs> Easter Dan. Oh my goodness gracious. Not all of us could have this swaggy 35. I get it. <laughs> no, nah, bro. That's what they need to put you in. Dan 35, bro. <laughs> Not number one, bro. Nah. Uh, I don't know, Dan. How ashamed would you be if they retired 35 after I wore it after my four lustrous years of Florida? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm not even gonna lie, bro. I have yet to really see somebody be like productive 35. I'm like waiting on it. Like I'm and I'm like I'm ready for it. I'm I'm ready for right, somebody to be like you uh, have a hundred numbers, right? Zero all the way up to ninety-nine. Can they do double zero or no? I think they can just no, do some. Nah, so you got you got a hundred numbers. How many numbers do you think get picked before 35 gets picked? Literally 34. 80? <laughs> well, did you say literally 34? Like they don't want to. Can you imagine? <laughs> literally. Ahmad's got everybody, all 100 and whatever, 10 players that are on the team standing around in a circle. Dan Mullen stands up there. He's like, all right, guys, I got number zero. All right, now I got number one. Now I got number two. So Ahmad's like, that's definitely the 36 number that goes. Bro, that was part of the lowest number available when it was time for him to pick. Nah, bro. I told you the story, bro. It was out of 35 and 10. I was, I was, bro, listen, I was going to get what, 10. What, bro. Will Hill there? Huh? Well, this is before. Oh, Will Hill wore 10. He yeah, did, this, yeah, this, this is before him. Will had got here. Yeah, because we had, because I had 22 when I got here. But you can't have double uh, numbers on the same field at, at the same time. So Kay Holiday had 22, remember? So we both were going to play special teams. So they told me, hey, I had to get a different number. Coach Heater called me on the phone. He's right before practice, and he said, do you want number 10 or 35? What kind of question is that, Coach Heater? Like, that's obviously I want number 10. So he said, okay. So I, you know, got, got my stuff ready, went to the facility. And as I'm getting my stuff out of the locker, as I'm about to grab my jersey out to find out that it's not number 10, he comes up to me and says, hey, Coach Meyer says he wants to see you do a little bit before we uh, give you number 10. And that's what happened. Bro, I I got the jokes from that day to probably the end of that season was it was just unbelievable. Like they called me, they called me Kyle, uh, K Bub or Kyle Jackson and Bubba for the three mm. to five. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> like it, I mean it, the jokes were endless, literally. Kyle Jackson, that's a, a blast from the past. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, well, you I'm made not- you made it your own though. I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind that we not only have the current, but we will forever have the best player to ever wear number 35 from the University of Florida on this year podcast. 
Yeah, but nobody's in the rush to um, put that on. So, like, number one, you know, you have question marks, right? There's a, there's a lot of people to consider there. Uh, number seven, number, um, you know, kind of all over there. Number seven is not a good example. Number three, right? Like, you, get, you can kind of go all up and down the board. Ahmad, no, so you much. have a number that will live for you forever. And you might yeah. even be the best Bucks player to ever wear 43 ever, too. So That's not saying much, man. Man, they Ooh. really tried you with these with these jersey numbers, man. Dog, and then when I get to Tampa, I go to get like something like from the equipment room. Like I didn't even know what number I was yet, bro. Literally, and I go get something from the equipment room, and I see a list of names, and I'm like, "All right, cool, we got dudes numbers by these all draft picks." And I go down to my name, and I'm like, 43. Like, the hell is that? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, this is crazy. But you know, well, Ahmad, don't feel bad. Spencer just pointed out in our chat that Carlos Dunlap, a multiple Pro Bowl, uh, you know, recipient. Um, incredible player, you know, 10 years, 11 years in his career. When he got traded to Seattle, they gave him number 43. Yeah, we, so we, we got that you guys are the, probably the two best number 43s ever in the NFL. Palomalu. Oh, yeah. Okay, so top three. And you're not <laughs> number one. That's pretty good. I, I, for example, am not in a top three of any number in the NFL. That's because you only wore number one. I didn't make it to the NFL, Nick. Wow. Well. What I decided to do after my illustrious college career was move on um, to postgraduate school and let the quarterbacks of the NFL uh, sleep a little bit better at night. And, Nick, figure out a cool game, man. Find us a night game or something like that. Come kick it with, bring Junior with. We could vibe, all hang out. You need a weekend or you can come midweek? I come anytime, you know. I mean, if I'm coming, Junior can't come if I'm coming midweek, but I could come anytime. Any game, any dope game y'all want to do, let me know. You got uh, FSU comes into town. You got Tennessee hey, Nick, in town. Hey, Nick, I'm out of the road, man. I, I, I got to get up with you. Mm -hmm. Bro, I, I, I couldn't even get my dad a ticket for opening weekend, so I'm not your ticket guy. Uh, but for, yeah, but for I, a player I, I, who I, I they retired the number 35 for, I, I can imagine they have a ticket for you. He's the greatest 35 of all time. <laughs> He's a great, yeah, just let him know. You, you, know, you, you could probably get away with telling people that they retired your number. Nick, who do we need to get in charge with to put black and silk in the, uh, in the it, media right? booth? In the media booth? Yeah, I need I need silk and a I just want to I just want to go to the game. I want a hot dog and I want to say. Um, I will drink yeah, the high noon. You eat a hot dog in public? Don't do that. I don't know. I'm Cut mine up with a knife and and a fork. Um, oh man! Well, I, I, Nick, I think this interview has officially gone off the rails in the best okay, way possible. Can we man. get tickets? Can I get media yeah, pass? Oh yeah, yeah. We didn't get the answers to that. Can I make that happen, Nick? Yeah, you can. You can get tickets. Yeah, I told you. You call the ticket office and okay. uh, and tell me. Are they hard to get for like regular games? No. So like first weekend was impossible um, okay, between fine, when man. they had season tickets and stuff like that. So if, if you're looking at the baseball schedule, like. The Florida State game, I think Florida State comes into town. Shoot, I'm scrolling through it. They come into town in April. Like, that might be a tough ticket on a Tuesday night. But if you want to come up on, like, a Sunday for the I'm night for the, for the date. Yeah. Let's, two, do that, let's do that Tuesday, Dan. April 13th right. is Florida State Tuesday. You probably call now and maybe maybe you'll get tickets for then because that's well, a, we'll about a month out. Know we know Nick Delatore in number three. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you should try that. I'm sure that carries a lot of weight <laughs> around there. Your name don't carry no weight around? Games, I, don't, I don't think so. Nick, do I just need to drop my uh, 2014 NCAA at it and let them know who I was? Yeah, 
Yeah, okay. I think that then you're then you're in. Then you're like, yeah, uh, you Bunny, Bunny maybe I get to throw out the first, hey, how do we get to throw out the first pitch? Is I'm gonna call me like, yeah, uh, Bunny Rabbit told me to call you guys about the ticket hookup. <laughs> listen, it, it was <laughs> a, like, it, it was Cafe Risque is calling. Listen, it was a it was a really expensive stadium, so I'm sure if Stadium Miguel writes a check, they'll let you throw out whatever first pitch you want to throw out. We unfortunately write checks to uh, places that currently reside on Stadium and Gale. Unfortunately, they had that opportunity and they chose to be near Southwest Rec. Oh. So. If we ever create a oh, oh gosh, uh, gosh hole what road? roads are those? Hull, Hull and uh, like Hull and University? No, it's not museum. University. Museum. Museum. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hull and Museum. Whenever we create the uh, subsidiary of Stadium Gale Hull and Museum, where we talk about lacrosse, baseball, and Southwest Rec, we'll uh, we'll unfortunately be peddling our dollars the other way. Listen, you you can make a whole podcast just about talking about Southwest Rec. Right. Well, my I just dropped out, but uh, there, there I, I saw some basketball players getting down in the in Southwest Rack back in the day. But all right, Nick, we'll tell everybody. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I just joined Rivals.com today, so I encourage everybody uh, that's listening to join Rivals.com and support Nick Delatore, Corey Bender, and the rest of the gang over there. Um, if you have money with uh, with Gator Country or any of the other websites, uh, funnel that money back over into Rivals and support people like Nick. Whoa. <laughs> hey, appreciate that, Dan. It's uh, it's uh, over on Rivals. It's been fun. Uh, I've been there since like last two games of the season, and uh, kicking it with Corey always a, a good time with us. Enjoy it there, and uh, still still no podcast. I mean, I've been out of the podcast game. I had to knock the rust off tonight. Nick, you you successfully uh, dusted the uh, the dust off, dusted the dust off. Yeah, I guess that works. All right, my friend. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. We'll have you on. Best of luck in your new endeavors, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you and we'll we'll see you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Bunny Rabbit Dan, talk to you later, bud. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Nick Delatore, that was that was fun, boys. That was fun. <laughs> so we got we got a bunch of Gator news. I got a list to go through again. I don't know if you heard last week, but I I'm a list guy off, now. Yeah, you want me to get off my brunt? You got I do. You got, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Shout out to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Uh, be sure to holler at my man Greg for all your financial needs, all your insurance needs, whether it's uh, life insurance, car insurance, motorcycle insurance, home insurance. Greg covers it all. Hit my man up, 954-589-2204. Uh, I'm pretty sure we just got our, our Cushaw's building insurance under him. Wife is about to hit him up tomorrow for our homeowner's insurance. We got to switch that up before uh next week actually so greg we should be hollering at you soon man hit greg up for any insurance needs i love it all right so ahmad i got a bunch of stuff to go through we'll just hammer it all out real quick uh we already talked a little bit about it men's basketball uh, gets two big victories over auburn and kentucky gator softball number six team in the country goes four and oh this week with some big victories now women's lacrosse game gets uh canceled this week or gets postponed Gators Volleyball beat Tennessee twice. Lauren Dooley was named SEC Defensive Player of the Week. And Marley Monserez was named SEC Setter of the Week. So congratulations to her. Shout out to our friend and golf coach J.C. Deacon. One of his uh, players, Ricky Castillo, was announced to the 10-man roster for the 2021 United States Walker Cup team, which the USGA announced today. The men's golf team finished fifth in the Baton Rouge, uh, pardon me, the LSU Invitational in Baton Rouge. So shout out to those boys. Gymnastics, Ahmad, 
your girls, number one in the country again, wins, Ooh. beats Auburn. At least we'll share, if not it's outright. Mark get That's more excited about this than recruiting. You see that? I know. He's, he's got he's more bad. thoughts about – oh, you should have heard him last week. I mean, he had a 10-minute you know, monologue on it. Yeah. When, when we know one in recruiting, then I get excited. All right. That's all we have to do. You hear that, coaching staff. Um, so they've clinched at least the share of the SEC title. Uh, they could potentially win outright next week. Uh, Nash, uh, Trinity Thomas gets two tens, and it was Gator Senior Night. So congratulations to them. The Gator men's swimming team, we talked about it last week, has won the ninth straight SEC title. And you guys will never believe this. They have won their 42nd conference title in school history. So shout out to them. Men's tennis took down number 10, Texas A&M and sweeped LSU. So two big wins for the number 11 Gator men's tennis team. The Gators women's team beat number 22, Texas A&M beat a top 25 team when they beat LSU the week before as well. So shout out to Gators women's tennis and finally track and field UF women finish second at the SEC tournament. Men finished fifth. Freshman Talitha Diggs and senior Thomas Martle both won their respective SEC track titles when they competed in Arkansas. So that is your Gator News of the Week. You got in your bag there with the list. I did. I went to Gator, FloridaGators.com, clicked on every single sport, Went through, mm-hmm. created. That's that's called show prepping, boys. You're real uh, professional, be- Dan. Before we get into our Manscaped ad read and take us out, Silk, you got the song of the week, by the way. Um, any other things that you guys want to talk about? Anything else I want to talk about? We missing anything, Cam? No? We good? I don't think so. Hmm. I, think, I think we covered it all. A shout out to the great folks at manscaped.com. Be sure to visit them folks, man. It's starting to warm back up. It was cold. We got a little cool weather in Florida, but uh, March is here. Things are warming back up. That ball deodorant is going to be very important to get into these warmer months, man. So be sure to visit Manscaped get that ball deodorant. Also, get the Lumber 3.0. It's shower waterproof snag proof so you won't be cutting or, 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 splat, or, or, or splitting anything down there also they got very comfortable uh underwear manscape.com use coupon code sg at checkout for 20 percent off and free shipping you don't think you need ball deodorant just sit tight there's a couple people that have reached out let me know that they uh, used our code uh Continue to use that code. Uh, check it out, even if you only get the ball deodorant or the ball spritzer. Uh, but there's a couple of people that have let us know that our podcast turned them on to ball deodorant, something that they didn't know existed, but their lives are completely changed because of it. So if anything, get the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. But if at worst, just get the ball deodorant and your life will be changed. Yeah, so just trying to it's almost them. time for me to re-up my supply. So, do they send us like new packages or what? Do I got they... I got to reach out to our guy. Yeah, I'll reach out to our guy. Like... Yeah, well, yeah. if if not, maybe we'll use some Stadium and Gale funds to uh to re up our ball deodorant supply. But that's a different discussion for a different time. And when they coming out with the lawnmower four point you know that seems like something probably a twenty twenty three thing to come out. 
takes a couple oh, years like, R and D. They don't do it like iPhone every year. They should. <laughs> they definitely should. They definitely should. <laughs> Make it bigger and smaller. Just keep changing very small things. Add an LED screen. Yeah, you know, wireless charging, that kind of stuff. All of it. (laughs) Have them light up and all kind of shit. Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Let me see what I want to play on this way out. Um, Guys, I had fun with you. It's good to be back. Likewise, man. Like, like I said, I appreciate you guys for holding it down, man. Same corner, same time. Uh, What I want to listen to. I gotta, I gotta keep in mind what what, what show is. I want to get you know. Yeah, I got you. People come after you, boy. Possibly, you know, you know what time it is, Amon. Let me get Rock Marciano. God loves you. How about that? How about that? That sounds like a good wholesome song. <laughs> I have a feeling that the words will be a little bit. <laughs> no, it's a good. It's a good, it's a good song. It's a different. It's a different type of vibe, but it's a good song. It's a good vibe. You said it's Check Rocky it Marciano. Rock Marciano. No, okay. Very good. Well, Spencer Cam, thanks for joining us as always. Shout out to Nick Delatori and Eric Fawcett. Follow them on Rivals and Gator Country, respectively. Um, Ahmad, Silt, and myself. We'll see you same time. Same corner, same time next week. There you go, baby. Same corner, same time. There you go. (laughs) Almost messed it up, baby. (laughs) It only took me a hundred and what nine episodes to get it down, but I think we're down. There you go. Shout out to my man, Snow Bunny. (laughs) 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 All right, we'll see you boys next week. Hold it down. All right, all right, y'all, boys. All right, hey, guys, that was a hell of a show.
Look like I'm trying to kick the bucket No disrespect, I know that's a sensitive subject Emotional luggage, I ain't recovered yet Make a brother wanna go cop a couple jets And flex on these bubble heads Can you believe that? Like you, baby. For no features, cause I can lift my own weight. I'm really self made, and I never fell from grace. If they stone Jesus, I ain't special needs. Life's a bitch, you don't appreciate you till you leave. When you finish, you won't get to be seen again on Easter. The devil lied, and naive people believed him. Uh, bring me my roses while I'm still here breathing. Go pop some belly rose for my achievements. Chillers be the coldest, be the coldest season. Now every home and car home, bitch, I can show the pink slip. God loves you. I know. God loves you. Can you believe? 